Welcome to the ministry and music of First Assembly of God in Trenton. This is Dr. M.D. Anderson. I'm the senior pastor inviting you to worship with us at 945 for Sunday School and family worship at 1040. The evening service is at 6 o'clock. On Wednesday evening at 7, there are activities for all ages. May God bless you now as we lift up the name of Jesus in song and ministry.
I've entitled the sermon, Restore My Soul. Psalms chapter 23, verse 2 and 3, we will use as a text. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'll stop reading in Psalms there. Go to Isaiah 61, verse 4. It says in the New Century Version, they will rebuild the old ruins and restore the places destroyed long ago. They will repair the ruined cities that were destroyed for so long. I want to say that that's exactly what God wants to do. God is in the business of restoring. He is a healing God. He is a miracle-working God. He has powers to do things that are beyond your ability to even conceive that it's possible. That he can take a branch that has been broken off and restore it to vital life again is a miracle. But all things are possible with our God. Here he says he will rebuild the old ruins. Now I tend to think that it's easier to go in to a place where there is a building torn down and rebuild it than it is to rebuild a life. There are some homes that when you get into remodeling them, you can run into some nightmares. The foundation's no good, and because the foundation is no good, sometimes it's just better to tear the house down and start over. But here the Lord says he will rebuild the old ruins and restore the places destroyed. That's good news. Mark chapter 9 and verse 50. Salt is good or beneficial, but if salt has lost its saltness, how will you restore the saltness to it? Have salt within yourselves and be at peace and live in harmony with one another. Now, if salt loses its saltness, it really is no longer salt. It turns into something else. James 5 and verse 15. And the prayer that is of faith will save him who is sick, and the Lord will restore him. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The prayer that is of faith, the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. Psalms 51 in verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Zechariah 9 and verse 12. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double. I like that verse. I will restore double to you. The Bible is full of words of restoration. God indeed wants to restore us. He wants to remedy that that is wrong. God is strongly, he is strongly indicating to you and to me that he wants to restore that that is broken. He wants to restore that that has been torn down. Here we have read verses of scripture that have indicated that God wants to restore the, the old ruins. He wants to restore the places that were destroyed a long time ago. Think about that just a moment. When something has been destroyed for a long time, it begins to get rot and decay in it. 
Have you ever noticed a house that has been destroyed or has fallen into ruin and it's sat there for a long time? After a process of years and decades, the fiber of the house is no longer good. I mean, the boards began to get dry rot in them. Termites get into them and you, you try to nail a nail into it and there is nothing sound to rebuild on. When you look at that ruin and that destruction, you need to hear God say, I can do something with that that is ruined. I can do something with that thing that is destroyed. You see, God is in the business of restoring people. He is in the business of restoring health. He is in the business of restoring life. He is in the business of bringing us back to where we have not been. Some of us have never been there, and some, it has been a long time since we have been there. God wants to bring us back. Restore. God is able to restore your soul. Think about this. I want you to think about how you can restore a soul. It's easy to rebuild walls and temples. Something gets destroyed, you could come in and you could cut out what was bad and you could rebuild. It may be difficult, but it can be rebuilt. How do you restore a person's soul? How can you rebuild what has been destroyed on the inside? It is most difficult to restore a soul. How can you restore a soul? The soul is a whole lot like salt. If salt loses its saltiness, how do you make it salty again? Grasp what God is saying, that with man, this is impossible. It is impossible to restore a soul that has reached a point of being destroyed, where that soul is ruined where that soul is rotten. When there is no salt, saltiness left in the soul and it has reached a point where it has become bitter or it has become something other than what God has created it to be, God is the only one who can restore the saltiness to us. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Now we're using an old term, atonement. The blood is the atonement for the soul. There is a blood covering for our soul that without the atoning blood... The soul cannot reap the benefit of what God wants to do. That is why God sent his son into the world to die and why Jesus Christ, the son of God, gave his life's blood as an atonement for our soul so that it may be redeemed, so that it may be restored, so that we may have joy in our life. In the Old Testament, the saints by the atonement would have a covering of, of their sins or their sins would be atoned for but it would not restore them. But in the New Testament, in Christ Jesus, when Jesus Christ gave his blood on the cross, it not only redeemed us, 
It gives restoration power so that God is able, by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He is able to restore what has been ruined. If the soul can be restored, something has to happen that causes that restoration. The soul that is damaged by sin cannot be restored without there being something to restore it with. Isaiah 1 and 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. When you dye something a dark color, let's say you took some wool and you decided that you were going to dye it red. Let's say you are successful in getting that material that was once white, real crimson red. And after you did, you said, I don't know what got into me, but I don't want it red. I want it white. You've got a problem. How can you make what is red white again? It's almost the same problem as making what is not salty, salty again. How can you reverse the order of things that have gone wrong in your life? How can you go back? Have you ever wanted to go back? Would not it be great to be able to take a few steps backward in time and to say, look, I am no longer bound by that thing. I have not been influenced or impacted by that thing. I am free from it and the effects of it. I want to tell you that's what the blood of Jesus Christ does according to that verse of Scripture. Think about the improbability of this happening. Most of us can deal with improbabilities. You say something like, well, their soul has been damaged by sin. There's nothing that can be done. Their soul is afflicted by the actions of others. There's nothing that can be done. Their soul has been hurt by false accusation and they are damaged beyond repair. Their soul is in torment by the things that have happened to them. We might even say their soul is allured or attracted by vile allurements, things that have drawn them away and drawn them into things. You know people like this who at one time had a great relationship with God who walked in the joy of the Lord, but due to something that happened, we can always find somebody else to blame for why it happened. But because something happened, we ended up or they ended up without that joy and their soul, their soul was destroyed on the inside. I wish I could tell you that whatever Satan does isn't going to affect you. But the tragedy is we have a lot of people that have been impacted negatively by the things of Satan. I I do have good news. You don't have to be negatively impacted by what the devil does. We should be mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And every gate of hell should not prosper against us, but should be knocked down and destroyed as the church moves forward. But the reality of it is that many people who name and claim the name of Jesus Christ have been destroyed by the tactics of the enemy. And that is not what God wants. He wants your soul to be built up and to be restored. This is a daily process for our lives. There are a lot of people who are hurting way down deep. And a lot of us refuse to talk about it. We don't want anyone to know that we hurt. We don't want anyone to know that we have areas that we do not want anyone to know anything about. 
It shouldn't surprise us a whole lot that in the church world today, there are a lot of people that have a lot of secrets. And some of those secrets are destroying them. They have pain and they hurt and they have unreconciled issues in their heart and in their life. And there are a lot of people that don't even want God looking at those things because they don't want them brought up again. You know, sometimes we get them behind us. We think they are behind us, but we have never really got victory and we've never really had God heal us. Our soul has not been restored. We are walking around and we say we survive, but we do not live in joy. We say that we're getting along, but the Holy Spirit's power is not on our life. We say that we are over it, but we are not living in the victory wherewith Christ has set us free. God wants to bring peace to your soul. He wants to bring healing to your soul. He wants to give you joy and contentment. He wants to give you His blessing. He wants to cause you to rejoice. He wants you to be able to do that even when the enemy of your soul is camped all around you. You are supposed to be able to go ahead and lift up your head and rejoice because the Lord restores my soul. Has your soul ever been sick? When your soul is sick... Your whole life is in spiritual poverty. Now, the soul has two distinct meanings, and I need to give you both of these that will, it will help clarify what we're talking about. The soul is that which makes a human body alive. The usage of the word soul refers to life in the physical body. The best examples of this usage are in the passages of the New Testament where the Greek is translated life. Such as, for whoever desires to save his life or soul will lose it. Jesus declared, but whoever loses his life or soul for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? The idea is also represented in the Old Testament. For example, the soul of a dying person departed At death, Genesis 35 and verse 18, the prophet Elijah stretched himself upon the dead child three times and he prayed that God would let the child's soul return back to him. And he came alive. Second, the word soul also refers to the inner life of a person or the seat of emotions in the center of human personality. The first use of the word soul in the Old Testament expresses this meaning In Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul or a living being. This means more than physical life. It means that this person is a living soul or a person, a human being, one distinct from all of the other animals. He is a living soul. The soul is described in this sense as the seat of emotions and desires. This is where we get our desire for food, Deuteronomy 12. The desire of love, Solomon 1. The soul longs for God, Psalm 63. The soul rejoices, Psalms 86. The soul knows, Psalms 139. The soul has memory, Lamentations 3.20. In the New Testament, Jesus said his soul was exceedingly sorrowful. Mary, the mother of Jesus, proclaimed that her soul magnified the Lord. 
John prayed that Gaius would prosper in all things and be in health even as his soul would prosper. Your soul can be wounded. Your soul can be damaged. Your soul can be sick. Your soul can be drained. Your soul can be exhausted. You can have a depleted energy in your soul. And when your soul is worn out and worn down, friends, it is hard for you to be resilient and kick back when things happen. Restore my soul. How can the soul be restored? Healing for your soul requires you taking action. Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. He wants to get us to this place where he doesn't have to say, sit down there, but where he, he just says, come with me, and I will restore you. And your heart says, where you lead me, I will follow. It's difficult for the church to be forced into anything. When you try to get a three-year-old to do something that they don't want to do, even a three-year-old can put up such an argument. You just say, go ahead, have your way. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is gentle and tender and easily grieved? Here is what God wants to do. He wants to quietly lead us to waters of restoration. You see, he's tenderly calling. Don't forget that old song. He's tenderly calling. He's softly and tenderly calling. Is your ear tuned to hear his voice? He's waiting by the wells of salvation and His grace where He will restore your soul and He will build you up. But you must stop resisting against Him and stop rebelling against His voice and start listening to what He wants to do with you. And if you will, friends, God will bring you in to places where your soul will rejoice in the Lord. This is where mercy is poured out. I need all of the mercy I can get. I need all of the grace that I can get. I need all of God's goodness I can get. My soul has been through a lot in this life. It has been emotionally drained by the circumstances and the adventures of life. I don't know about you. My soul needs refreshing in the Lord. I need to be renewed in the presence of my God. He is a soul restorer. Has your soul been hurting? How do you know if your soul is hurting? You tired of the routine? Have you just accustomed yourself to the routine of religion and you need something more but you don't know what more it is? Get over trying to tell God what to do. And stop telling him, no, that isn't where I want to sit. I, that's right in the middle of my enemies. This doesn't look like where you will restore my soul. God works in ways that are strange to us. How he can restore us in the places that he chooses to restore us. But he does in the midst of our enemies when they are encamped all around us. When they're in battle array, God sets us down in the valley. And he says, you're exposed. They can come at you any way. They can get to you any time. But I'm going to restore your soul. 
So here comes the Holy Spirit to you. Come Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit has the key to unlock all of the untold riches of God's grace and favor and goodness? And he's prepared right now. This very moment, he's prepared to unlock for you blessings that you cannot even imagine. He's able to bring to you fountains of living water. Before you do anything else, before you go anywhere else, before you look for the answer anywhere else, you've got to come to the Lord believing that he's going to do something for you right where you are. I know it's difficult. I, I've said it myself many times. Lord, if you'd, just, if you'd just change the environment just a little bit, it would help. He says, I don't need to change the environment to do what I do. Lord, if you just change the locality a little bit, lift me up above the shadows. Before God will do anything with you, he's going to have you confront those things that have damaged your soul. God is not going to force you to even look at those ugly things that have happened. We don't want to bring any of them up in our life. But some of them have ruined us. And we have been ruined for a long time. He'll bring you back to face them. And he'll say, see, this wall's torn down. And he'll say, this is bad, but see what I can do. God will never show you how bad it is unless he is ready to make it better. So when God comes and he says, like he did to the woman that was a cripple, who could not stretch her arm out. He told her, stand up here in the midst of all of these people and let's see that arm. And he says, now, stretch it out. And she says, never done that before. That's a first. Wow, can we do that again? Oh, God is able to do something in you that's never been done before. Most of the time, I have found this to be true. Before he's going to heal you, he brings right into your face, real close, real close up, almost obtrusive, intrusive. It gets so close that it looks like, oh, there is no way. There is no answer. There is nothing that can be done about this. And God says, that's right where I want you. I got you. I got you now. Now, where you can do nothing, you have no answer. Watch me. They're standing at the Red Sea. They're closed in. They're hemmed in. But the Lord says, follow me. And here he goes. We've never walked in water before. But they had to take a step. And the answer starts coming. God wants to restore what has been ruined, damaged, hurt, or needs to be healed. What I'm going to ask you to do is let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Is he saying, there's still some pain down there? There's still some hurt. There's some destruction. There's some sickness. Something's malformed. Something's not right. Will you come with me to the fountain and let me wash it away? I trust you have been blessed by the words of inspiration and encouragement. It is the goal of First Assembly to minister to you at your point of need, to bring people to Jesus, to develop them to Christ-like maturity, and equip them for life. This is a place of worship, study, service, and fellowship. Come and worship and magnify the Lord with us at 1107 East 11th Street, where there is a place for you.